everybody. I'm Melissa Bonsack, and welcome to episode 90 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, February 11th, 2021, and I'm excited about this week's show. Well, I'm excited about every show I do, but I really enjoyed my conversation with Tracy Provost. I know I can say her name. Uh, I really, I really, really had a good time chatting with Tracy. As you'll see when you listen, and I keep saying, well, okay, thanks for being on, but wait a minute, let me ask you one more question. I think I did that for like 30 minutes because I kept thinking of other things that I wanted to talk to her about. Let's get right to it. We are going to talk about her book, Under the Blood Moon. She writes paranormal urban fantasy and uh, vampires with historical flair. So you will really enjoy this conversation and I will see you after. Yeah, I want to welcome Tracy Provost today to the show. Uh, Tracy and I met in, oh my God, I don't remember the year. It was at a, a, a conference in Tampa. 18, I think. Yeah. Isabel? Yeah. Because it was right after my book came out, or so maybe it was three years ago. Oh, probably. Probably because, you know, it's been a, we've been in quarantine for what, almost a year now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so... I have, yeah, I've lost track of time. I had a horrible dream last night that there were people all around me trying to pull tables closer and sit and I kept and no one no, was wearing no, masks no. <laughs> and I was freaking out yes uh, anyway so yeah years from now if this show is still around and people are listening there's this horrible pandemic uh, called COVID-19 and it is killing all sorts of people what is it huge numbers around the globe that have died now from oh, this millions millions it's like I want to say at least two million have died around the globe easily yeah yeah it's uh I forget which country it is that where they they just dig mass graves. Oh, and, well, several of them, I think, at this point. Yeah, a South, South American country. And they, I think one of the, if you are caught on not wearing a mask, one of your uh, uh, punishments is to help dig the gra mass graves. I saw that, but I don't remember where it was. I don't either. Uh, I don't either. You know, I said, I try not to watch the news too much just because it's depressing. Yeah, I, 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 there's a constant tug of war between um, my need to stay informed as a conscientious citizen and my need to stay sane. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's one of the reasons more people are reading books. You know, I think there's just yes. been an explosion. I know in my books, uh, December was my best, best month ever for sales. Wow, that's and it, you know, it, it was Christmas. Yeah. But, uh -huh. you know, I think people are stuck inside. I write cozy mystery. So, you know, it's, it's fluff. It's fun. Oh, fluff. You don't really have to think. I have been reading romances like they're like, I drink water. It, it is incredible um, because I just, I want that happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that's really I, I want good to know going in, this is going to be happy no matter what nasty things happen it's gonna be okay in the end yeah and i think i'd read that that romance has taken a giant i mean it was already huge anyway oh, huge. yeah uh -huh. yeah yeah and I, I i just can't i get so giggly i just can't read i can't write it much less read it i just get yeah. too giggly <laughs> and, and i have read some and i don't know if you read uh, cecilia mecca I've talked about this before on the show, but I was listening to an audiobook of hers and I was going someplace that I'd never been before. So the, the directions on the on the car. Oh yeah. Like every every 30 feet it said turn left. So you know, I'm listening, you know, and he reaches up to touch her, turn left at the next intersection. Ah, I had to pull over to the side of the road to finish the scene. And I'm giggling anyway. Oh gracious. So that's uh, not good. But uh, before we get too far in here, Tracy has written, a, a, she's working on a series that takes place in New Orleans and there's vampires, which are always wonderful. And Under the Blood Moon was the first book. But what is the series called? It's called Under the Moon series. I like that. Yeah. Under the moon. So let me really quick read her bio since we've already, you know, done the whole show and here I'm reading it last now. <laughs> okay. So uh, Tracy Provost grew up all over the U.S., rarely staying in one place for more than a year. She dreamed of becoming an author, but decided that the career path uh, was not secure enough. So she got a PhD in European history. Yeah, because that's laugh. so much it's more. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, despite the odds that actually was more secure, landing your job at a small Southern college, Tracy never forgot her dream, however, and began writing again. Still teaching full-time, Tracy divides her time between academic and fiction writing. There is a surprising amount of carryover, and I'm going to ask you about that. In her spare time, she reads, watches bad TV on Netflix. We got to talk about that. And mm -hmm. is ruled over by her numerous feline overlords. And uh, if you follow her on Facebook, which you should, she posts lots of cat pictures. I love the animal pictures that you post. They're not always yours. No, um, no. Yeah, and the common joke is that Tracy writes to keep her cats in kibble, and isn't that how it goes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. And if it's not kibble, it's their vet visits. Oh, my word. Yeah, we had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a Labrador, that backyard breeder, you know, some people oh. had, and the dog had obviously had Great Dane in the family because his dog was a Labrador, but he was 135 pounds, and when he stood up, he was taller than my husband. My husband's a 5'11", so he would stand yeah. up as he'd be yeah. like a head taller. He would lean down and chew on my husband's hair. <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and I would always say, he's flossing your, his teeth on your hair because my husband had spiky hair at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, he grew his hair out after that because I think the dog was flossing his, his teeth on, on my husband's hair. Uh, but yeah, so after that, and, and his vet bills were so expensive that I wanted another Labrador. And so I found a lady in Georgia who had um, a championship bloodline mm -hmm. and she only had like one puppy at a time. Mm -hmm. you know, she was very, only bred the dog a couple times a year. You know, they were mainly show dogs and uh, the, her, the dog's parent, grandparents were Finnish champions. Her mother was a national champion. Oh, wow. And she almost didn't sell me the dog because she thought about uh, showing the dog and, and, mm -hmm. I did confirmation with the dog and I had this long list of people who wanted puppies and I had her fixed and they all were about to string me up. <laughs> I'm like, no, get a dog from a shelter. I said, the only reason I bought a dog from a breeder was because it was cheaper than all the money it cost to get all of the hip issues and, and all the yeah. other issues fixed with the dog that was too big. Mm -hmm. And this dog was so smart. She really should have been a, um, uh, a dog for the the blind or deaf or, oh, or wow. yeah yeah she was amazingly smart just out there my, my daughter taught her the hokey pokey <laughs> and the dog did it with her it's just wow of course I don't have it on video it's like of course oh. not. no never, never anything great like that no no it was the days before you know days before video and everything so let's get back to books before we get yeah, back yeah, on yeah. dogs here but you were going to read a little bit of under the blood moon for us yes I will read from the uh, first chapter, actually. <clears throat> and I don't do voices very well, so please forgive me. <laughs> no, it's okay. In my dream, I heard voices. One sounded masculine, familiar, while the other was higher, the voice of a boy not yet mature. It was pleasant to hear things that were not the howl of the wind or the lash of the storm. Juliet, my beautiful Juliet. And then I felt a pain like no other as the stake was pulled from my heart. I gasped, the hunger rose in me, so weak, so terribly hungry. Opening my eyes, I to focus them as someone lifted me into a sitting position. I hissed my need as I turned my head towards my savior. My fangs descended, my vision cleared, metallic scent of fresh blood caressed my senses. A very young white man stood close to me in the dim light. He held his bleeding wrist out saying, mistress, I am a gift for you. I am here to serve you. His words had barely left his lips when my mouth latched onto his proffered arm. The sweetness of untried youth filled my mouth. I heard a moan, but was unsure whether it had come from me or the boy. I was stronger now, more in control, or so I thought. The boy wobbled. I put my arm around his waist and drew him close. Wanting his blood faster than his wrist could provide, I looked at his long neck, the slow 
rhythmic thump of his heart beat in his throat like a siren's song. I raised my lips from his wrist and used my tongue to close his wound. I drew his unresisting body onto my lap. His face was angelic. My mouth descended and my fangs pierced soft white flesh. The warmth of his blood delighted me like the sweetness of cherries at the height of summer. I drank and I drank and I drank. I knew I should stop. Killing is wrong. Killing needs to question. Still, I drank. The boy stopped moaning or even moving. His essence filled me and gave me strength. I felt his pulse slow and waver under his lip, under my lips. As his heart gave its last beat, I ripped my lips from his throat in horror. Mon Dieu, I had killed the boy. I pushed the boy from my lap and stood abruptly. I wobbled a bit on unsteady legs. How long had I been in my enforced sleep and where am I? This was not our bedroom in Andre's house. I looked around, stone floors and walls, waist high bars. How cliche, after staking me, the hunters had placed me in a crypt? Not the Grammont crypt. It wasn't this large. Perhaps this was a different crypt in the St. Louis Cemetery, although I could not recall any of the size. Have I been moved from New Orleans altogether? My sweet, the masculine voice said as he placed a hand on my shoulder. I am sure you have many questions, but we should leave. The voice from my dream, Andre, my sire. I recognized it now and turned to him. I nodded, still a bit disoriented. What about the boy? Will he be missed? Andre's lips curled into a smile. Always the worrier, concerned for the cattle. Don't be. The boy was for you, as he said, a sacrifice, if you will. I flinched. I'd never <clears throat> heard Andre refer to humans so callously, nor had he ever denigrated the retention of my humanity. I wondered where his had gone. I bent to pick the boy up and place him on the buyer that I had vacated. With my strength, the boy weighed almost nothing. Leave him, Juliet, he is unimportant. I ignored my sire. I placed the body gently on the stone platform crossing the boy's arms over his chest. Juliet, Andre's voice was laced with impatience. He deserves my respect, Andre. I will not just leave him in a heap. The boy's death worried me. Even as a newly turned vampire, I had never killed while feeding. One of the cardinal rules of vampire culture was to leave no evidence of our existence. I suspected that I had long lain in this tomb, so the discovery of his drained body was unlikely, but someone might miss him. He was too well fed and clean to be an urchin. His clothing was odd. I'd never seen breeches like these, and the fabric was unfamiliar. A shirt with no buttons or laces? How much time had passed? I said a quick prayer over the body. When I finished, I turned back towards Andre. He glowered at me. You are too soft-hearted, Juliet. It will not serve you in this era. Come. I just like the dankness of this place. I followed without comment as he led me out of the crypt. Andre pushed the heavy bronze doors open, and I stepped into humid night air. Where are we? I asked as Andre took my arm and led me through the maze of mausoleums and graves. None of them looked familiar to me. We are in Metairie Cemetery. Metairie? We are no longer in New Orleans? Actually, we are still in New Orleans, but the city is much bigger than you remember. Andre, how long have I been gone? I heard the panic in my voice. 
He stopped and he turned to face me because I was barefoot and I had to look up at him. Gently, he caressed my cheek. You have been gone a long time, my sweet. He hesitated and then said, you have been in torpor for nearly 212 years. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Now everybody will need to know why. Why? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's great. And, you know, as you were, as you were talking and, and obviously it had been a long time and I thought, okay, the European history comes in here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so what came first, the European history or wanting to write a novel that was based in history? I mean, did, did the, um, did the, did the degree help you solidify what kind of writing you wanted to do? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I had always wanted to write historical romances. Um, and I ended up writing urban fantasy, um, just because, you know, over um, many, many years, my interest changed. Um, but I've always loved history. I've always just, it just fascinated me. Um, and when I was told that, you know, being a writer was just really not a um, viable career, um, this was back when I was in high school and trying to make those, you know, lifelong decisions as you do, um, I decided, oh, I, I will go and get my PhD in history. <laughs> yeah, you, you think uh, that... Um that will then cure you of wanting to do the writing, but then that must have. Honestly, I will say that for a long time, I didn't write fiction. Um, it was something that I always wanted to get back to. Um, but I guess it was about 10 years ago that I kind of hit a wall in my career. Um, I, I was really facing burnout and I needed to find kind of something I really, a hobby I really wanted to do. And so I just started writing again. Um, and it also um, kind of interestingly segued that I was in a gaming group. Um, and we were doing um, old school uh, pen and paper. Uh, we started off with Dungeons and Dragons, like, oh, I don't know, almost 20 years ago now. Um, and then we, we moved on and were gaming with Vampire the Masquerade. And I had developed this character, Juliette de Gramont, um, who was this uh vampire spellcaster um and all of a sudden she just took on a life of her own and um as kind of part of playing this character i started writing backstory and little vignettes of things that she had done drawing on history and and having just a lot of fun with it and ended up with like 200 pages of backstory um and then I was like okay well maybe I should write like what's happening to her now um and I kind of started with the game we were playing and very quickly was like okay I need to change this although there are kind of some things that happened in the game kind of found their way into the stories because they were just too golden not to you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um it kind of like, you know, when when you're uh, out and about and you see something and you're like, oh that is going in a novel. Yeah, there there were just some things that were just this is going in. Um and so I wrote um the first one or at least the first half of the of under the blood man 
and started going to conferences, writing conferences, um, and decided that I was really having a lot more fun with that than I was with the teaching. Although it did reinvigorate my teaching um, because it gave me a whole new avenue to start researching because I started taking a look at his monsters in history um, and specifically in folklore. Um, and I actually started writing academic papers on monsters in history. I was just going to ask if that had made its way. Has that made its way into your classes then? Yes. Um, a couple of years ago, I taught an upper division class um, on dark folklore. And we took a look at vampires and witches and fairies and werewolves um, and, you know, where they sat in history and, uh, you know, the very interesting thing that a vampire type character or monster is found in almost every culture in the ancient world. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, no matter where it is. And I mean, yeah, there are differences, but you pretty much have this blood sucking creature in every culture. Do you think that's, uh, is that just because that's, you know, there's these basic ideas that, that, that are going to show up in every culture. And I, I think that might just be one of them. And that's got to be a fear, you know, of, a, of something that comes in the middle of the dead of night yeah. and takes you away. Yes, exactly. And especially, you know, these are people who don't have, you know, vast medical knowledge and you've got, you know, really unexplained things that kill people um and you know if you don't want to blame your deity maybe you need to you need to create something else to blame oh yeah yeah and you know you got people who would uh have a medical issue that didn't kill them and then they would come back and yes. so then you've got the people mm -hmm. who are raising from the grave uh, right yeah yeah, so yeah, that's going to work its way into the different things. Yeah, that is really, that's really, do you still teach a class then with that? Um, at the moment, I haven't taught um, my dark folklore class um, in a couple of, I guess it's been about three years. Um, I don't know what's on tap for next fall yet. I haven't seen my schedule, um, but I may try to finagle my way uh, into teaching another one of those. Um, it kind of all depends on what uh, the needs of the students are. Because, um, of course, they've got their core classes that they've got to take. But then there's, you know, some wiggle room with electives. And obviously, dark folklore is going to fall into uh, that elective. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite classes in college was a folklore class, mm -hmm. and and studying all of the you know that like the um, that movie Vacation where the lady ends up on you know the roof the the, the the grandma or whoever dies and they stick her in the rocking chair on top. Yeah. I mean that happened. That's happened in it's it's a folklore story that has made its way into newspapers mm -hmm. numerous times. And it's all, it's, it's, it never can be traced to an actual person. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so but legend. it's a legend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The lady who goes down to do her laundry and puts on her son's football helmet. And then somebody shows up. I can't remember all the things yeah. involved with that one, but yeah, there's so many, the, the mother, Oh, the wife whose husband leaves and he leaves his Corvette and says, you sell my Corvette and then mail me the money. So she sells mm -hmm. it for $25. You know, you hear that story. Yeah. You don't hear these as much anymore now that we have the internet. Yeah. It's like there used to be so many um, uh, alien abductions yeah. until we had cell phones. And now nobody gets abducted by aliens anymore. I honestly think that the aliens are just like, Earth is too screwed up. We are not going back there. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, they have cell phones. We got to go. <laughs> they're watching this going, mm, 
this season of earth no they're just too crazy right now we're gonna let this kind of no yeah most definitely most definitely yeah they yeah that's just especially with you know all the the health issues and everything going on i it's just making me nuts i miss being around other writers and i had um i was all signed up for a conference a friend and i were going to go uh in to nashville and last i don't remember when it was there was a tornado that like destroyed the neighborhood we were going to be in Uh, wasn't when we were going to be there but it was like like two or three weeks before Uh, but so it went virtual and yeah it was okay virtual but the whole point the speakers aren't where i go it's i go to network and meet other writers yeah that's why i go to conferences i i i feel exactly the same way i'm really missing that energy um that i get from just being around other writers and talking about not just crap but just mundane things that we do um you know and and as i mentioned um when we were messaging back and forth sitting in the bar and and just having a couple of drinks and chilling out yeah it is yeah and just i think we all work so hard i'm i have a i'm very anal with my schedule and it's very set Uh for every half hour of the day there's something specific that we're doing i have the time i set aside with my husband that's open so Uh we can do whatever but then for the rest of the day when my work you know it's writing or it's marketing or it's uh editing uh podcasts or or whatever um but yeah, it gets very uh, too much almost, you know, it, I just too rigid. You, yeah, you yeah. And just published a book just a little while. Yeah, I just published a book last week, the 24th. So my, my latest book wow. was out. And I said to my husband, next time I publish a book, which should be March or April is the next one. Uh, I really would love to be able to go on vacation for a week, but I know we're not going to be able to. Mm-hmm. We've got we signed up for a cruise that was supposed to go in March. <laughs> bad timing i know we had just gotten our passports renewed and we were all excited about going on this cruise and then covid hit and uh they i think it's been rescheduled like four times now wow yeah we we were were rescheduled with we finally said well let's just reschedule for april because you know Mm -hmm. that's far out and everything will be you know finished by then but no, you know, we did, they just, the April ones just got canceled. So I told my husband, well, maybe September, but we think we said, you know, it's easier if they reschedule it, if they cancel it, than if we cancel. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, ah, just do for September. And, and it's not even a big cruise. It's just four days. It's a little one, but still it's getting away. Um, I was very lucky that I was able to get um, into a condo on the beach just before Christmas. I saw your videos. They were so nice. So your pictures, yeah. And and really, I mean, we totally socially isolated. We didn't go out. Um, We were, you know, in the condo. um, So we didn't see other people. And when we went down to the beach, you know, we were masked until we could see that there was like nobody else there. Because yeah. um, I, I travel with my mother, who is, and she'll kick me for saying this, elderly. <laughs> um, but of course, she's at her risk for COVID. And not like I'm not at risk, but, you know, the older you get, the more at risk you are and she's got some lung issues and other things so i'm totally paranoid about it oh yeah yeah my my um my youngest uh and her boyfriend live with us Mm -hmm. and uh i haven't seen them you know since last march (laughs) and they live with us i mean i mean i see them but they um they they just don't even want to be around other people i don't blame them you know, um, it's, I have horrible fears and we wear masks. We yeah. social distance. We don't go to restaurants. Um, I, we, I haven't been to a restaurant in, I, 
we did outdoor dining once sometime I don't even remember when um might have been in September no it it was cold um so maybe it was after that I don't even I mean, it was so long ago um, and we yeah. only did it because it was outdoor seating and there was nobody else out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah. We, we are near Disney and Universal and we will go periodically. Um, but as soon as it starts, to, we go when it first opens and as soon as it starts to get crowded, we're out of there. And then we usually stay at home for about five days afterward. We don't go back any again for about five days just to make sure that, uh, right, right. that we didn't come down with anything. But you know, we, like I said, we have these really good thick masks and we wash our hands constantly and I don't let oh, anybody yeah. near us. And, and um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. So, so let's get away from, from, yes, um, yes. go away from, from, from that. COVID. But um, yeah, I, uh, one thing I really um, am looking forward to after this is getting back and going to conferences again and going to signings again. Um, I, I miss that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do too. You know, I had one book last time I did a signing. <laughs> Yeah, I've got nine. So wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, that's been the. I hate to say there's been anything good about the pandemic, but the only good thing is that it kept me inside and got me focused. And um, I wrote two books. No, I wrote. Well, let's see. We wrote six nonfiction, and then I wrote two more fiction books. I have three fiction and six nonfiction. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and then I hope my fourth will come out. We'll see. I want to say like, uh -huh. I want to say that I'll put up a pre-order in mid-March for sometime in April, probably. When do you think your next one for, what is the next I, title for the Blood Moon series? Next uh, title, unless uh, my publisher decides they hate the title, it's going to be Under the Harvest Moon. Um, I don't know about a publication date yet. I am hoping by the end of the year. Um, the last time it was a really quick turnaround. Um, I think I sent it in in um, May or June, and it came out the following January. So pretty quick and that was with all of the edits and and everything else so i'm hoping um by like april to uh get uh this to them and, and hopefully they'll green light it and say okay we're uh, we're good to yeah. go um it's with my beta readers right now um and hopefully um the slight issue I had with my first draft got fixed in the subsequent drafts. <laughs> my developmental editor was like, you have an issue here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really working on how to fix that. Um, well, you know, when you're, when you're writing it and you, you know how you have to end it, but you got that, that smidge in the middle, like just right towards the end. Yeah. Um, and one of my characters did something that wasn't supposed to happen. And I just went with it. And then, yeah, I had to go back and fix it. Cause I'm like, no, you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're like me, but every now and then I know there's an issue and I'm like, I wonder if I can sneak it past my editor and then I'll turn it in and she'll catch it immediately. And I'm like, oh. yeah, I, I, and I you know it. it's an issue, but you're like, oh, I've worked on it so much and I just can't look at it anymore. Well, it was kind of like, okay, let's get this down and put it aside for just a little while. And let me think as the editor's going through the rest of it, maybe by then I can fix it. I'll have the idea. I'll have that. Yeah. What needs to happen? And I think, <laughs> fingers crossed, it works much oh, yeah. this way. Yeah. 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 My, my last one, the last chapter, I turned it in and the last chapter was absolute crap. And I yeah. knew it was, and, uh, and I told her, I said, I know it's crap, but I have to turn it in because 
it's just making me sense. I don't know what to do with it. And then right. um, I think I, it took me about a week to rewrite it. And I ended up with like 3000 extra words and two extra chapters. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. Cause it just wasn't, I tried to rush it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was and, working on a deadline and um, cause I was taking a course um, and this chapter had to be done. And I was just like, I don't like it, but I gotta get, gotta get it in. And yep. so uh, yeah. And, and the editor was just like, um, no, your I art know. isn't right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. So what, what do you, do you have a favorite conference that you, that you want to go back to this next year when they finally come back? Um, yes, actually. Um, there's one that I almost always go to, um, and it's just up in Atlanta. Um, and it's usually in October and it's called Moonlight Magnolias. Um, and it's actually a romance um, conference. Um, but the wonderful thing about romance is that they're like, hey, you write something adjacent? Come join us. Um, and a lot of urban fantasy authors started off in romance. Um, or they also write romance. Um, and I've met just some wonderful people through there. And actually that's how I got my publishing contract. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, but I'm also looking forward to going back to Nashville to actually killer Nashville um yes yeah because i was looking at that yeah they do a great conference um usually in august um and i've gone several times i love that one too um and the people there are great sisters in crime is incredible um i'm a member of sisters in crime as well because they're like okay so you don't write crime exactly crime certainly happens in my novels there's a lot of murder and mayhem in them so yeah it's adjacent so um yeah i i have my fingers in lots of little pies kind of anybody who will accept me as a writer i'm like hi i'm here <laughs> let me come to your conference please Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, the Sisters in Crime one, uh, my sometimes co-host Terry is always telling me, you need to join Sisters in Crime. And mm -hmm. I keep meeting to, and then it's like on my, I have, my office is filled with whiteboards and oh, yeah. I write every, I outline all my books in whiteboard and then I have all my notes. Everything's in a different color. So it's easy to just look and, and I can see. Yeah. And so somewhere in here, I've got Sisters in Crime written down somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so every time I do something, I erase it. Uh, and it's always nice when you finish a book and then you just wash the boards, get them on the floor and you spray them and you just get the towels out and you completely wash them. And then, oh, that's so nice. And I have all clean boards in the office. Oh, that's mm -hmm. just so great. Uh, and then not right now, though, of course, they're, I'm in the middle of two books. So it's, oh, <laughs> it's all horrible mess again. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's conferences. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. Orlando has a good one. Um, indie fest or something like that okay yeah yeah i went a couple years ago and there's all kinds of great uh, conferences and um i didn't go as an author i went as a reader and yeah, yeah. uh i think i went in to buy books it was like five minutes i had an issue and i couldn't get up they didn't i couldn't buy books the first day maybe they didn't have the books for sale maybe the first day was conference so then the next day uh, there was an issue and I couldn't get up there until like 30 minutes before they were closing. And I was oh, so wow. mad. I, I had an issue. I just couldn't get up there. And I lived a waves from Orlando. Yeah. It was maybe five minutes left. And I just ran around the room and everybody had, I feel bad about this. Everybody had knocked their books down to like five bucks to get rid of them. Yeah. And yeah. I bought like stack falls, yeah. stack falls. And they're, they're all over. And I, I'm slow. So if, if you were there and I bought your book, I am slowly working my way through uh, my favorites and having the authors on 
uh, yeah, I think it, it, I think I just had one of the books I'd read there on like last year, finally, because it, it took me, her book was, I just read from this, from the top and just take the next yeah. one and just go down the stack. And it just took, <laughs> took me like a year to get to hers, but. I completely understand that. My stack is actually not a stack anymore. It's in boxes because I moved in the middle of a pandemic. Why did you do? <laughs> you know, I actually did too, but we yeah. got kicked out. Our, our guy decided to sell the house we were renting. Oh. So, why did you decide to move? Well, actually, this was in the works before the pandemic hit. Um, my mom and I decided... Um, because as, as I mentioned, she's getting older and we decided to combine households um, because she's not really to the point she needs a lot of help, but you know, it was coming. Um, and so we decided that um, we would build a house that would serve both of our interests um, or both of our needs. And um, we actually started that like, last January, um, before, before the pandemic, all, yeah. um, and then, um, she actually moved in with me in February, like three weeks before the lockdown hit. Wow. Um, and the house was still being built. Um, and then, the house got finished and we moved in and um you know the biggest issue is i can't get to ikea to buy more bookshelves oh. <laughs> i didn't want to move my crappy old you know target ones that i paid like 20 dollars for 20 years ago um, I promised myself i would get those really nice billy bookshelves with the glass you can't, um, if you can get to Ikea you can't even get them I was gonna get one for one of my kids for Christmas and this is an Ikea about 30 minutes from us and so we ran over in every single bookshelf with the glass covers oh, wow. none of them I think it's a supply issue they may get them like from like China or something you know with all the trade wars that were going on they totally screwed up imports yeah. and things and I think that was the problem and oh, wow. you just you can't get them well, maybe uh, it's a good thing I, you know, can't because my closest Ikea is two and a half hours from here. So it's kind of a big production to get up there um, and didn't want to go in the middle of the pandemic. So yeah, yeah, we, we this was a Christmas gift. So we've like yeah. we double masked and went in and and yeah. um, and checked it out. And yeah, every single and I should have called oh, every wow. single every single one. So we went Target. And I found mm -hmm. a really nice one at Target that had um, iron supports, you know, oh, like wow. decorative iron on it. And Target actually has some some really nice furniture. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, I've got some of the billies already, and I kind of want to. Yeah, you want you want it all out. to look. Yeah, similar. I want it to yeah. be uh, the same. So I'll just you know there it's in boxes. It'll stay in boxes until the supply um, can, you know, get itself righted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, you've got the first one out. Oh, you also have a nonfiction historical book. Yes. Yes. It's actually a history of Hawkinsville. Yeah. Um, it's got a big steamboat uh, yeah. uh, on the cover. Is a, a river town. Um, here in Georgia, and actually I used to live in Hawkinsville, and um, a number of years ago, uh, one of my colleagues and I um, co-wrote this book. Um, I called it my tenure book. I needed to write a book to get tenure, um, and, and so I did that, um, and I've had some other, you know, smaller things come out in, you know, uh, chapters in other books nonfiction wise um actually including um a, a um a chapter that was called um from horror to madonna on the evolution of the female vampire oh um, nice yeah um and and so 
Um, that came out, I guess, about two years ago. Of course, I can't remember the exact title of the um, anthology it came out in, and I don't actually have it up on my website. I need to put it up there. Thank you oh, yeah. for reminding me about that. <laughs> yeah, you need to do that. You need to do that. So you, you do have a website. So if people, when, pe when people read the first book, I'm going to move this so I can get back to it. When, when people read Under the Blood Moon, uh, and you have time because the next one is not coming out probably till probably the end of the year, I think. Probably, probably. Yeah. You know, when, when you're traditionally published, it takes a little bit longer than uh, an, an independent publisher who can just throw books up as quickly as you want. Uh, a yeah. traditional publisher has a schedule and there's all kinds of there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, that has to take place uh, for the books to come out. But people have time to catch up. Yes. So I will have links in the show notes to the book. You heard the first chapter. It's very good. You want to read more. Uh, and if people want to, do you have a mailing list or anything to tell them when the next uh, one comes yeah. out? Yeah, if you go to my website, um, there is a place that you can um, sign up for my mailing list or my newsletter that I will admit doesn't come out nearly as often as it should. Um, and there's kind of a mostly defunct blog on there. Every once in a while, I remember that I should write on it um, about once every six months. I'm like, oh, I need to do that. Um, what I really need to do is like make a dedicated time to do that. But uh, yeah, if you sign up for um, my newsletter, you actually uh, get a free story and it's part of um, how Juliet ended up uh, staked in that crypt. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So if okay. you wanna know exactly what happened. I mean, you, you get part of it in the book it's alluded to why she was there but if you want the actual scene where she gets staked it that's what um okay yeah as soon as we're done i'm gonna go here. over and sign up because i want to know how she got in the crypt so <laughs> okay that bugged me how did she get in the crypt okay yeah yeah um and you know there's a whole story that evolves um you kind of get little bits of it um uh throughout um the next couple of novels um you know why she was staked um who who really did it um because spoiler alert who she thinks did it didn't didn't oh well that's didn't. the best thing yeah you yeah. don't never want it to be obvious no, no. Yeah. Um, but they always assumed that it was hunters because who else would stake a vampire? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. We will thank have. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. This is great. I should have done this sooner. I've just, you know, I have such a long list. I'm slowly working my way through. <laughs> through people slowly because i only put this out once a week and then um last november and december this past november december i moved uh right. because our landlord decided to sell their house and uh at first as soon as the pandemic hit he tried to kick us out as soon as the pandemic hit and there was a stay in place order right, and right. i'm like i can't leave if i wanted to you know and it was yeah it was i had several people volunteer to go over and kick his ass but it's like Thanks, yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's um, we were kind of amazed that the house the construction continued on the house because we kind of figured, oh, well, we're just kind of we're in stasis here, um, with mom living in my house with me, which was not set up for two people to live with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that there wasn't like a spare room, but you know, bathroom was down the hall and she didn't, none of her stuff was there. And uh, the, the cats were a little crazy and they were like, who's this new person here? And why is mom home all the time? 
time. Oh yeah, yeah. We we were watching somebody walk their dog the other day, and 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 thinking we don't have an animal anymore. My mm. my dog was seventeen, and oh. we lost her. She was seventeen. Yeah, that's a and, great, no, no. She was nineteen. I'm sorry, she was nineteen. That that's a great long time. Though. Yeah, she we had her for eighteen years, and she was at least a year old. And the vet said she could have been as old as three because from one wow. to three, the teeth are all the same. Yeah. So they said somewhere. So we always said, well, at least one. Yeah, and she had a stroke in the middle of the night, and we had to have her put down. But, but I know we were so sad because you know we had her for yeah, a long, you know, long time. Most of my my kid's life, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but we were thinking, well, how are these poor animals going to re react when everybody finally does go back to work? Mine have not reacted well. <laughs> <laughs> do they want you home or do they want you yes, gone? No, they want me home oh. now. You know, you'd think with cats they'd be like you not gone yet no my that. cats are lap cats and there's six of them so oh, you know, there's only so much lap to go around um but now they've really since mom is still at home they've really i i come home and she's been catted she's got like three or four of them on her <laughs> yeah my dog my mom uh moved uh, we had to put her into memory care. She's got dementia yeah. and uh, she moved to from California here and she lived with us for about four months while we were waiting for a space to open up for her. And thank goodness we have excellent nursing homes. Yeah. Um, I says to living facilities in Florida, just I've heard horror stories from other people, but her, her, and now she's in hospice care because she's, you know, she's nearing the end there, but she lived with us for a while, like four months and my dog loved her. Oh my God. I've got a picture of the dog stretching up one paw on the, the chair and looking at her just like you're the most important yeah. person in the entire world. She just loved her so much. And I kept meaning to get the dog once she was in memory care, kept meaning to take the dog down to see her. Cause I think the dog missed her yeah. and we never did, unfortunately. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of hard to do because she moved over to the memory care side and then all of a sudden, you know, COVID and, yeah, and they locked and them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw her like the day before they locked down and the day that, the day before they were going to lock, no, two days before they locked down and the day before they were going to lock down, I happened to go to drop some things off and they said, we think we may lock down tomorrow. Do you want to see her? And I said, oh, you won't be locked down long. Yikes. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see her for seven months, maybe. Yeah. And, and she has memory issues, you know? And so I, yeah. by the time, by the time I saw her again, she didn't remember my husband anymore and she likes him better than me and by a lot. And um, she doesn't know who I am, but she knows that she's happy when she sees me. Well, that's good though. Yeah. So that's good. So it's a good, yeah, it's, it's a good reaction um, because my, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and towards the end, um, she didn't necessarily like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mom, uh, yeah, the she kind of got a mean streak, but I think for I think yeah. because it's it's scary for one. Yeah. For one thing, oh, it's confusing yeah. Yeah. to not understand. We think she has Louis body. Uh, she fits a lot of the symptoms that my husband's uncle's mother <laughs> uh, find the connection there that 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 his... i've been living in georgia for um 20 years now so uncles cousins <laughs> brothers sisters yeah i'm good with that yeah it's a relative's <laughs> mother that uh and they would describe and then we would describe and they'd be like oh that totally sounds like blue body you know the inability to to recognize things you're looking at yeah and um it and that that was tough and i, and I think that was frightening uh, it would be yeah. to me oh, um yeah. And you know, and watching it, it, it was frightening. Um, but she's kind of plateaued now, where, you know, she she's lost most of her ability to do most of everything, oh, which is really really, yeah. really tough. It's it's yeah. um it's tough to watch. So you know, I have yeah. great sympathy for anyone who has a a relative that that they take care of. Yeah. That has these issues. It's it's um it's it's tiring just it would be tiring just spending a day with her and we would we would see her four to five times between my youngest as an lpn so we would take turns mm -hmm. and we would alternate days to make yeah. sure that she had somebody with her almost yeah. every day uh, but then one once lockdown hit 
yeah, you can't do any of that. We couldn't it's go. Dangerous. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it was tough, and and then all of a sudden she just plummeted because she didn't have that stimulation every day though the fun i mean you talk about things you know that are happening around you and you laugh about them uh i've got so many little things that she said that will end up in books in the future mm-hmm. um and one of we were we were i took her out i think the last time we went out we went out to lunch before the pandemic so this was in january in like early mid-january maybe and uh, we went to a Greek restaurant and there was a couple, a younger couple at the table next to us. And my mother's 91 and she's telling me, and I'm sitting across the table. So she's talking a little louder. <laughs> she's telling me, I had a baby recently, though I don't remember having intercourse. <laughs> the guy at the table <laughs> next to me, I thought he was going to fall out of his chair. He was trying not to laugh. And when we left, I almost went back and told him, please laugh, please tell the story. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's the only way that we can deal with a lot of the things that she says yeah. and does is to laugh about it. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> but that, that one was funny. <laughs> yeah. We, there was a, a great story from my grandmother before she died. She had, um, she'd fallen and broken her arm um, and was at the hospital. Well, she called my grandfather and said, I'm in jail and you need to come and bail me out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother who had never gotten so much as a parking ticket. I don't know what she thought she'd done. I always wanted to know. I was like, what does Betty Lou think she has done to end up in jail? <laughs> oh, that would have been good to know. I, I really wanted to know that. Um, and there may be a story that I write about that. Yeah. Um, and maybe she did something in her youth that uh, you don't know about. It's entirely possible. Yeah. You know, um, our grandparents had lives before us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I've had you here. I've kept you hostage forever here. Uh, but tell everybody um, how to find you if they would like to get your book and they would like to get your book. It's called Under the Blood Moon by Travy Pro- Tracy Provost, I can speak. And uh, how can I find um, you? Well, you? You can find me. Well, the book is available on Amazon. And you can find me at my website, which is www dot com. since my mother decided that Tracy needed to be spelled with an I-E. <laughs> um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Instagram, although, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Instagram too. And yeah, I'm just never over there. I'm, I've tried to and it's. Um, I am on Twitter um more now than I used to be that was one of the things during the pandemic I decided I was gonna try to learn Twitter I don't know if it's really worked but it's it's gotten a little bit better um and Pinterest amazingly enough um I've got some boards up there um I use for inspiration for um Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to check those out. I, I like Pinterest, but I get it's like a rabbit hole. Oh, it is. It's an absolute rabbit hole. Yeah, um, I, I, it's hard to climb back out of. But sometimes I, I just need um, some visuals um, as I'm writing, um, especially with this last uh, book, I needed some um, I needed a tacky bar and I needed a goth bar. Um, so you can find some some of my inspirations on there. Um, and probably my next uh, um, work in progress will start up. Um, I'm actually going to shift gears a little bit and try my um, hand at small town romance. Oh, are you going to so, use uh, your same name or are you going to use a pen name? That I'm, I'm not sure of right now. Um, probably I will stay with my name. Um, unless I, I decide that I really just need to rebrand uh, totally with the 
Um, but I kind of like my name. Um, I've had it for, you know, a really long time now. And um, it works. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the thing that um, I've always uh, worried about is going to one of these conferences and somebody's calling me and me not recognizing my pen name, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. I don't yes. think I'd want to do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it'll, it'll probably uh, come out under Tracy Provost. You know, it's probably smart. I know they say you should use a pen name for every genre you write. And, uh, but you know, it, I know yeah. a number of authors who they use the same name and they cross genres. And it works fine. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I do have um, fantasy and some horror that I am writing, co-authoring. Co uh, and I'm going to use my, I'm using a pen name, but I'm using my birth name. Ah, yeah. So I, I was adopted and um, my birth family, father's side, found me at Christmas. And a sister oh, wow. from my mother's side. So yeah, so that was this last Christmas. So it's been a year and, and, and a couple of months. And they're fantastic people. I just love them so much. Uh, and uh, I'm going to use... And I thought, you know, I, I really like my birth name. It feels, it's weird. Okay, if you have a kid and they're adopted, do not change their name. Mm, my name was yeah. changed like three times. And oh, wow. introducing myself, I like the name Melissa, but every time I say it, I, I get a, a the, my stomach kind of gets a feeling like mm. I'm lying my yeah. whole life. I always oh, felt like I was lying. And when I was in my 30s, my mother said, oh yeah, we changed your name. And I'm like, what and then i found out that the uh the um adoption agency changed my name oh, also wow. yeah wow. they changed it to protect me from my father so he couldn't find me and and it, it was like and you know the crazy thing is i when i was adopted i lived just over the hill in the next town over in paradise and he was in chico for the first wow. year and there's like a hill between them yeah but so we were so close and i almost went to school i almost went to college at University of Chico instead of University of Sacramento, a University of California State in Chico instead of California State uh -huh. in Sacramento. And he had a, two stereo stores in Chico. So I probably wow. would have shopped there or tried yeah. to work there. So, you know, yeah. so Weird so freaky. Yeah. yeah, it's freaky. But so I think I, I think I will use um, my pen, my my birth name for my pen name for the fantasy and the mm -hmm. and the horror, just because the ro cozy romances that I write there's no cursing in them uh, and, yeah. and you know I, I i was sending to my co-author i said i sent the first paragraph I've, I've written the first chapter of this book we're working on together like four different times and i said i couldn't get the feel of the voice mm -hmm. so then i wrote a paragraph yesterday and went there's the voice and i yeah. say shit i say shit in the first you know line mm -hmm. like my cozy people are not gonna like that so i don't want to i'll tell them yeah. but i don't want to you know i figure that my voice while it'll change a little bit, uh, Juliet is pretty damn salty. Um, and um, well, I'm pretty damn salty. Um, <laughs> I warn my students on the first day, this is probably going to be an R-rated class and chances are I will drop an F-bomb. Um, I teach university and, you know, if you're gonna be offended by salty language, you might want to find a different one. Yeah, that's uh, more interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My daughter, my daughter was a teacher. She's a chemistry teacher for a long time and about well, three years. And then she went to the private sector. But she said in class one day, she's doing something on the board and, and their students are all laughing. And she, they, she said, what? You just said the F word. And she said, did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is why I don't teach high school because I couldn't censor myself enough to do it. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the F word is my, I'm not going to say it now, but it's yeah. my favorite word. And I say it yeah. constantly. So yeah, it, um, and, and, and because I knew I was writing cozy, well, I didn't run, know I was writing cozy till after I wrote it and I was told, but it just didn't feel like I, at first she was cursing and the, and it just didn't feel right for my character, you know? So I mean, anyway, characters, it doesn't feel right, but others, it, it works. And yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that sometimes the pen name works if you don't want to have, like, if you, if you write erotica and children's stories, you should yeah, use a they're, pen they're name. Not gonna work. 
Um, but also, um, I'm far enough in my academic career that um, I really don't care what other historians say about me. You know, if, if they want to dismiss me as being fluffy because I write urban fantasy, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> And you um, shouldn't. And that, that's great yeah. that you don't have to care. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think if I was at a different place in my career, I would probably have published under a pseudonym. Um, yeah. And I, I did um, briefly consider it. But then I was like, no, I'm proud of what I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got other other people who've been on the show that are teachers, professors, and, and they do write under pen names because there's too early in their career that they don't yeah, and, want. And I, I am completely, I, you know, I think it's a, gotta be a personal choice and that you, whatever um, works for you at this point in your life. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, would I never say, oh, well, that you're a sellout because you don't publish under your own name. No, 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 no. Um, I am just lucky enough that I can say, this is who I am, and I don't care what anybody else says. Oh, yeah. And then that's wonderful that, you, that you're able to. But I will let you go now, and okay. everybody can find Tracy by looking down in the show notes. I will have links to everything we talked about. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on. I wish we'd done Thank this you. sooner. And when the new book comes out, let me know. I'll have you back on and Perfect. have you read some of that one. And uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again then. Okay. See ya. Thanks. Thank you, Tracy. And go ahead and click on the link to her mailing list and get the short story. It's very short, but it's very good of how Juliet became a vampire. I think you will like it. I liked it. So I think you will too. If you have any comments, go down to the show notes and click on comment. It will take you over to our YouTube page and I'll find it and I can answer it if you have a question or if you want to recommend a book. I'm always looking for more books to read. So let me know what you're reading. I'm dying to know. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Just take a look for that button that says subscribe. It's down there on the bottom right corner and it's in red. Click on that and then you'll see a little bell right next to it. Click on that and then you will get a notification every time there's a new episode, which is almost every Thursday, unless I don't have the internet for some reason, which happens occasionally. I'm hoping it's all settled now, but we'll see. And that's it for this time. I will see you next time. Go read a good book.